Okay, welcome to Progressive News Network and the Environmental Justice Report on Blog Talk Radio with me, Janine Moloff, your producer and host. Well, we're a few days from the midterm elections. Today's going to be a pretty casual show, actually. Um, I have been reporting on the hijinks, and that's probably a chair of the board, actually, of the GOP for the last several shows. And frankly, I am so disgusted with not only Republicans, but also conservatives, and even some midstream white Democrats that I'm ready to scream. All right? Um, The bottom line is this. It is not histrionic to say whether or not this Democratic Republic survives is largely dependent on the midterms. It just isn't. Never have we seen, I'd, I'd say not never, not since the Confederacy have we seen such an ugly bunch of racist, white supremacists, and neo-Nazis running under the GOP banner for elected office. Let's just put it out there. And not only that, but I would say also not since the Third Reich of Adolf Hitler have we seen so many lies coming from, again, the GOP of Trump. Uh, today was kind of like the, um, the kicker of all. There is an ad that's basically surfacing in certain southern states, and it is uh, being touted by here. I've got a few notes here. Give me a second, folks. Um, yes, there's an ad that was uh, produced and I assume paid for by what's called the America First Legal Foundation. Stephen Miller is the president. You remember Stephen Miller? You know, the little, the little punk ass that, you know, basically bowed down before Donald Trump. I'm ashamed to say Miller came from a Jewish family. You know, in Judaism, unlike Catholicism, we don't have excommunication. But when I see a piece of human excrement like Stephen Miller, I wish we did, because we could excommunicate that little bastard right now. Because what he stands for is not consistent with mainline Judaism at all put bluntly. And of course, Stephen Miller, you know, he sees himself as this white, I guess, white Jew of Ashkenazi background. And you know, it isn't just the Jewish Christian thing. All right. When I hear fellow Jews say, I'm a white Jew, white Ashkenazi Jew, I want to scream. Because the fact is, unless you do a DNA test, none of us really know for sure. All right. Um, you know, yes, there are some Ashkenazi Jews that maybe have no actual ethnic background that that uh, links them to, say, Sephardic Jews or, you know, Spanish Jews or Jews that originated from the Middle East. Okay, so what? What people like Mr. Miller fail to comprehend is that when Adolf Hitler came after us, it didn't matter whether or not you were an observant, in other words, a religious Jew. It didn't matter if you were a white Ashkenazi Jew. All that mattered was that if you had even one grandparent that was part Jewish off to the death camps with you. Because at the end of the day, Hitler's mentality was, as Jews, we were not considered white. So it's patently absurd for people like Stephen Miller to think otherwise, but... You know, once again, he was propagandized at a very young age. 
So, yes, I wish we had excommunication because that little bastard would be gone. But now he's the president of this America First Legal Foundation. And, you know, it isn't just the Trumpers. Let's, let's get this straight, all right? Um, I looked this uh, group up, uh, both at Influence Watch and Source Watch. And from Source Watch, I saw a, a, a basically a, a source, if you will. And, you know, it was mainstream GOP Jim DeMint pushing America First Legal Foundation. You know, saying, quote, AFL, quote, is going to sue them, depose them, expose them, and bankrupt them. And the them is, of course, what they're calling radical, liberal, leftist. You know, they've twisted everything. You know, these people that love Trump are actually the white supremacists, the neo-Nazis, and their actions prove it. But they're twisting it and saying that people on the left are the racists. That people of color are the racists, and it's and the commercial goes into that. The commercial talks about how you know this is racism against white people, and they they uh, misquote Vice President Kamala Harris, they misquote President Biden, and, and so on and so forth. And they have a bunch of lawyers, and of course, uh, Mark Meadows is involved in that also. And you know, it's just one more insult. Okay. And so I'm aware this show originated in Florida. You know, my colleague, Rick Spitak, is the founder. <laughs> but, you know, it makes me wonder, you know, I, I thought growing up here in the Midwest, in the Black Belt, I always knew the bigotry was just as fertile as the, farms, the farmland, all right? It seems to be that there's plenty of bigotry in Florida, too. I'm, I'm glad I don't live there. Okay? I, I seriously am. But, excuse me. So we're dealing with all these lies. Lies, lies, and more lies. And, you know, that's also consistent with Trump's uh, acknowledged uh, respect for Adolf Hitler. You know, Hitler and his, you know, con men that pushed the uh, theory of the big lie. The idea being that if you tell a lie often enough and make it absurd enough and just keep repeating it, eventually people will believe anything. And it's really like a form of brainwashing. And that's what these people are doing. But I'm going to counter that right now before we get into some of the facts. First of all, unlike the mainstream read corporate media, I'm not going to mollycoddle these people on the far right. I'm just not. Okay. Because I know that everything we put on this show is fully documented. So let's start with the idea of election deniers. You know, you will hear Martha Raddatz. You'll hear, um, you know, uh, Margaret Brennan. You'll hear all these top alleged journalists refer to the Trumpers as election deniers, whether it's DeSantis, Trump, you know, Stephen Miller, whatever. I'm going to counter that. They're not election deniers. They're liars. Put bluntly, there were over 60 court cases. Several of them were actually presided over by Trump-appointed judges. There was no voter fraud. Biden won. That's it. In fact, there's evidence that's now surfacing through the January 6th committee that shows that Donald Trump knew he lost the election. He tried to steal it. Go to the next nonsense. 
Demanding an end to white supremacy is not racism against whites. Get over yourselves. Here's another one. The Establishment Clause of the Constitution does speak to the separation of church and state. Regarding the search warrant served at Mar-a-Lago, it was not a raid, but a legally served court order. And it was, it was served because the Trump legal team and Trump himself refused to comply with multiple subpoenas. If anybody else had pulled that crap, we would have already been in contempt of court and in a jail cell. And one of the biggest lies. The U.S. Capitol was attacked by Trump supporters on January 6th and not Antifa. January 6th was not legitimate protest. It was an illegal insurrection organized and incited by Donald Trump and his lieutenants to overturn the, the government. He was trying to overthrow the will of the people. That's it. And it's such, he should never be allowed to run for office ever again because he's a clear violation of the 14th Amendment. It basically says that if you incite or participate in an attempt to overthrow the government, you are disqualified from ever running for any political office permanently. That's it. And no, poor little rich boy like Donald Trump does not get a get-out-of-jail-free card. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Bad voice today. So let's get into it. Sorry about the coughing, folks. So let's look at what's been going on in the Republican Party. I mean, right here in my home state of Missouri, we have a U.S. Senate seat. And the Democrat is Trudy Bush Valentine. She's a registered nurse. She is uh, a member of the Bush Beer family, but unlike the rest of them, she actually has a conscience. And she actually cares about the people. She's running against the Missouri Attorney General, Eric Schmidt, who in my not, in my, I'd say lesser moments, I refer to as Eric Schmidt. But the fact is, Mr. Schmidt is part of RAGA, which is the Republican Attorney General's Association. RAGA helped bring the court cases that had no legitimacy claiming that Donald Trump actually won the election, which he did not. And as far as I'm concerned, Merrick Garland should also be investigating RAGA, including Mr. Schmidt, because he was one of the lead troublemakers leading that push. They, they knew there was no voter fraud, and yet Mr. Schmidt loves pushing frivolous lawsuit against frivolous lawsuit because he went from being a little-known state official in a podunk town to now he may very well become a U.S. senator, unfortunately. But let's look at what happened. What happened? You know, the, the GOP, I, I'm going to be honest, okay, I never liked Republicans. As far as I'm concerned, Republicans are on the side of the rich against everyone else. That's it. But it wasn't until the rise of Trump that I truly despised them. All right? So let's look at some of these clowns that have been running. From the Anti-Defamation League, 
a report on right-wing extremism. This was actually in the primaries. <laughs> and this was actually, this report was published in August of 22. And it's from the Center on Extremism. And the article was, the report was actually updated on August 12th of 2022. And the idea being to reflect the finalized results of, the prime, of two of the primary elections. But this report was begun in January of 2022. So the ADL, the Anti-Defamation League Center on Extremism, they, according to this report, identified in excess of 100 right-wing extremists that were running for elected office across the nation. And <laughs> the ADL warned that these candidates, quote, had the potential I'm reading from it to shift the Overton window, what is considered normal or acceptable in political or, and social discourse, end quote. <coughs> Sorry, folks. <coughs> I don't know how long my voice is going to last today, but I'll keep trying. And this is important, okay? Um, you know, back in the 70s, the late Lee Atwater pushed what was called the Southern Strategy, actually late 60s, with Richard Nixon. And the idea was, you know, you couldn't say words like the N-word. You can't say nigger, nigger, nigger. Instead, you had to use code like, you know, forced busing, um, neighborhood schools, things like that, that to the bigots meant we don't want to equalize things between races in this country. But this Overton window, which is, basically a philosophical idea, it's become so blatant. Trump has elevated the ugliness of bigotry, the ugliness of racism, the ugliness of misogyny, the ugliness of homophobia and transphobia, the ugliness of religious bigotry, the ugliness of misogyny. He's elevated it to where it is acceptable. And these people can be as ignorant publicly as they want to be. Now, on the one hand, I'm a little grateful because when they were being sneakier and using coded language, it was a little harder to prove the case. Now it's out there for the world to see, and it turns out I was right. Okay? Uh, and frankly, you know, back here in the Midwest, there is nothing meaner than a bigot who's been confronted with the ugliness of their own bigotry. So as of August 10th, 2022, um, there were about 119 right-wing extremist candidates. So let's look at them. Some of them are names you've already heard of. In Arizona, Carrie Lake. Now, Carrie Lake will probably become the next governor of Arizona. She was a Phoenix television news anchor. Okay? In other words, a talking head who maybe she has journalistic talent, maybe she doesn't, I don't know. But she was predominantly hired because of her look. That's it. That's why they hire a lot of women in television. If you're attractive, you will get the job. You could be as dumb as a post. It makes no difference. But, Miss Lake, I, I don't think Carrie Lake's stupid. Bigoted, yes. Stupid, no. Um, she has repeatedly demanded the 2020 election be decertified. Um, so she's appeared with QAnon influencer, influencer uh, Mike Liddell. What else? <laughs> and she also ran a rally 
in Morristown, Arizona, with U.S. Rep. Paul Gosar and Mike Liddell back in March. Now, Paul Gosar has been just recently very open about what can only be called his Nazism. He's racist. He's anti-Semitic to, you know, the point he just may as well put the swastika on. His own family has actually, you know, disowned him, but this is what we're dealing with. There would have been a time when that would have gone too far. Arizona State Rep. Mark Fincham won the primary. He became Arizona Secretary of State, which is truly scary. Um, Fincham, according to his article, has, quote, self-identified as an oath keeper, um, which the oath keepers have been classified, I believe, by the Southern Poverty Law Center and the ADL as a um, terrorist hate group. He attended the January 6th rally in D.C., um, and he attended the rally that preceded the riot. I don't know if he was there at the riot or not. doesn't say. He shared QAnon content. You know, again, he denied that Biden won the election and so on and so forth. Now, this is the man that's going to be in charge of making sure that the elections in Arizona are actually run honestly. This is truly frightening. Okay. But not surprising. Uh, you know, just when I thought things couldn't get more bigoted than, say, Missouri, Arizona outshines them. Arizona's become more racist, I think, than Mississippi even. Okay. There's current Arizona State Senator uh, Wendy Rogers. She is also a self-proclaimed oath keeper. She won the race to retain her Arizona State Senate seat. She's in District 7. Um, She spoke at the America First Political Action Conference, which is classified by the ADL as a white nationalist conference. It's organized by Nick Fuentes. Uh, Fuentes is, you know, a tried-and-true uh, racist and neo-Nazi. She's appeared on True News streaming platform, which is uh, classified as anti-Semitic. Um, and she was censured in March, quote, for threatening rival politicians with violence. Wow, what a gem. And, of course, I'm being incredibly sarcastic here. Then, of course, you have U.S. Representative Paul Gosar. He won his primary to retain his seat, Arizona's ninth. Gosar, according to this report, does have ties to the Oath Keepers, Proud Boys, and America First. Okay, so he's a tried-and-true neo-Nazi, in my opinion. He's been seen with uh, Steve Bannon, Ali Alexander, and again, (coughs) white supremacist Nick Fuentes. Gosar has a history of promoting conspiracy theories. He also, um, he was censured for this, but he shared this anime cartoon, which was really disgusting. It depicted this character killing another character that was supposed to represent uh, AOC. Okay. Then you've got Mary Ann Mendoza. Apparently she won the primary for Arizona State House District 9. Uh, let's see now. She, and, and here's the thing. She was pulled from the speaker lineup at the 2020 RNC convention after she shared a thread on Twitter. And the, the thread was, she shared this thread on Twitter that, quote, contained the anti-Semitic conspiracy theory that the Rothschild family is plotting on taking over the world and enslaving non-Jews and promoted the protocols of the elders of Zion, end quote. Okay. So 
you know, I, I have, and I'm, I'm partially joking, Miss Mendoza, I probably have a few relatives um, that are at least some friends that are in um, the Israeli Mossad uh, um, that would love to talk to you, sweetie. And yes, I'm being outrageous and, and I'm being sarcastic, but once again, those of you who don't know what the Protocols of the Elders of Zion is, it's, it's one of the oldest anti-Semitic and racist tropes out there. Um, the fact is, these people have been pushing these slanderous stories that have actually caused, triggered, um, and incited pogroms. And, you know, my attitude is, and I don't care what Mr. Miller thinks, if these people are, even if they're repeating it, if they're repeating or stating or putting out there proven slander, libel, defamation, yeah, we should be suing them out of existence. We shouldn't be taking it. Okay. Let's move on to Colorado. Colorado. Of course, you've got that little moron, U.S. Representative Lauren Boebert. She won her primary. Again, she's known for her anti-Muslim bigotry. She has ties to malicious groups. She loves QAnon. And, you know, let's face it, the poor baby can't help it if her IQ most likely doesn't reach the three digits. Now you've got Maryland. Somebody named Dan Cox, who was a January 6th participant. Wow. And he won the Republican gubernatorial nomination. Okay. Uh, he was at the January 6th, when he was at the January 6th riot, he tweeted, quote, Mike Pence is a traitor, end quote. Why is this man being allowed to run for anything? He participated clearly in an insurrection. But he is. And this man may become governor. You've got Michael Perutka. He is, a, according to this report, quote, a former member of the neo-Confederate white supremacist group League of the South, end quote. He won the attorney general nomination. Um, let's see now. He, at, an, at a League of the South event in 2012, Peruka played Dixie and called it the national anthem, the Confederate song Dixie. You can't make this stuff up. I mean, you could, but who would believe? This is crazy. Michigan, John Gibbs. He had previously served in the Trump administration. He's pushed QAnon conspiracy theories. Apparently defeated the state's third congressional district incumbent. Uh, you've got Angela Regas won her primary for state house in Michigan in District 79 by... Uh, According to this, a large margin, even though she was a January 6th participant. Um, to quote from this ADL report, quote, in response to being called an insurrectionist or treasonist, Regas said, quote, I consider all those terms a compliment because our founding fathers were called all the same things, end quote. Except the founding fathers weren't going around murdering people and hunting human beings. <clears throat> Excuse me. <coughs> Bad voice today. <coughs> Sorry, folks. Moving on with the Anti-Defamation League report. Nevada. This just gets better and better. And yes, I'm being very sarcastic. Jim Marchant. 
He is a QAnon believer. He leads a coalition of pro-Trump Secretary of State candidates, defended seven, defeated seven other candidates, and won the Secretary of State race in Nevada. Truly frightening. Again, we need to look at these Secretary of State races, and we need to start demanding a lot of transparency and accountability from every Secretary of State. All the records should be public. Okay? Also in Nevada, Adam Laxalt. Okay? He won the U.S. Senate primary race. He's a former state attorney general. He's pushed 2020 election conspiracies. He is also associated with what's called the Anti-Government Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association. We have more in Ohio. Another January 6th participant, J.R. Majewski. He won Ohio's 9th Congressional District. He's another QAnon nut job. He once was quoted as saying he believed, quote, in everything that's been put out by Q, end quote. Wow. Um, he's posted the movement's hashtags, you know, there are QAnon hashtags on Instagram. He's appeared on Fox News wearing a QAnon shirt, you know, nut job. Uh, Oregon, Joe Ray Perkins, another QAnon supporter, won the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate. Okay? Uh, Perkins is, uh, explained her belief, saying that, quote, there is a very strong probability possible that Q is a real group of people, military intelligence working with President Trump, end quote. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, these people, I don't know if they're just that stupid, that insane, or some curious witch's brew of both. But there's more. Pennsylvania. This guy really pisses me off. Doug Mastriano. He's the, the Republican gubernatorial candidate. He believes in election fraud. He's embraced QAnon. He has pushed the idea that America should be, quote, a Christian nation. He has, according to this report, quote, aligned himself with Andrew Torba, the anti-Semite who runs Gap, end quote. I would say Mr. Mastriano, he is also a, um, a veteran. And yes, being a reformed Jew, yes, Doug Mastriano, in my opinion, is not only incredibly racist, he is beyond being anti-Semitic. He is, in my opinion, a neo-Nazi. And again, no, there is no religious test for this nation. It's called the Establishment Clause for a reason. It means just that, a separation of church and state. You're free to believe in whatever faith you want to or not believe, but our laws are supposed to represent everybody, therefore they are secular and common sense. That's it. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> mm. Folks, I am not in good voice today. Ah, we had a little warm weather again, and my allergies are kicking up like crazy. Okay, Washington State, the next bunch here. Joe Kent is the Republican nominee for the U.S. House seat representing Washington State's 3rd District. 
day after he won, Kent appeared on Steve Bannon's podcast where Mr. Kent said the following, quote, we are at war with the left. We have to go after these people, end quote. I don't remember declaring a war. Okay. Who are these people? Just because we want equal rights to white, Christian, straight males? But once again, to me, that is another neo-Nazi. Kent uh, has proven ties to far-right groups such as Patriot Prayer, as well as their leader, Joey Gibson. Gibson spoke at a Kent fundraising event in June of 2021. Um, Gibson and Patriot Prayer, quote, often appear alongside other right-wing extremists in the Pacific Northwest, including the Proud Boys, I'm reading from the report, and Washington State Three Percenters. Okay. Uh, it goes, the report goes on to say, quote, Kent attended and spoke at the March 5th, 2022 GRIT, which is the Government Resistance Impedes Tyranny event at the Washington State Capitol, and posted about his participation on Twitter, the rally was hosted by anti-government extremist group Washington State Three Percenters. That's just a sampling. And, and if it doesn't scare you, it should. It's it's a disgrace. But this is what we're dealing with here. So if you have friends or relatives that haven't made up their mind how they're going to vote, or you know they don't want to talk about it, it's unpleasant. You pretty much guess what side they're on. Okay. They're either on the side of these racist and neo-Nazis or they're a bunch of damn cowards and they're just going to go along with it because they figure their white skin and generically Christian faith will somehow save them. And they're not going to do the right thing. Okay. So now we have another piece here. And this was from the Associated Press, and it was published in July, written by Brian Sladisco, and the headline is GOP's links to extremism surface in congressional primary. These people aren't hiding in the shadows anymore, which is really frightening. Again, they talk about Joe Kent, um, who again is courted white nationalist. Uh, apparently, Kent also posed for a photograph, quote, with a, re- with a media personality who has previously described Adolf Hitler as a complicated historical figure who many people misunderstand, end quote. There's nothing to misunderstand. Hitler led, incited, and led a genocide that murdered over 11 million people. Slightly over 6 million were Jews. He also, Hitler also they murdered Catholics, people with disabilities, he murdered gay people. He murdered um, uh, right, uh, righteous Gentiles. He murdered intellectuals. There's no guesswork here. <coughs> so, um, what's also scary is Kent is a former Green Beret. Okay. He served, according to this article, here, let me make sure I got this right here. Um, yeah. Yeah, he served in, he was a former Green Beret. He served 11 combat deployments, and then he retired from special service 
Special Forces and joined the CIA. Um, he should not be allowed to be in the CIA with this type of bigotry. Um, you know, once again, now, Kent's campaign tries to play down that they try and say that he's talking about inclusive populism and he rejects racism and bigotry, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, there's a statement here by from Matt Brainerd, who's a Kent strategist, and the statement says, quote, Joe Kent's platform of inclusive populism rejects racism and bigotry and invites all Americans to support his America First agenda of rebuilding our industries, ending illegal immigration, and stopping stupid military interventions that don't directly support our national interests, end quote. Well, but that is an end there. All right? There's a lot of people on the left that also want to rebuild our industries. But they want to do so so it benefits everybody, not just white, straight, Christian males. Okay? Um, there's another bigot in New York, uh, a man named Carl Palladino. Now, he is a former GOP candidate for governor. He was running for the House. And Mr. Palladino actually praised Adolf Hitler a year ago as, quote, the kind of leader we need today, end quote. Okay, you can't misconstrue that. You know, they're trying to rewrite history so that Hitler isn't so bad. Hitler was a monster. Okay? Hitler was what they call the devil, whatever, and sick in the head. But it wasn't just Hitler. It was all those alleged nice people in Germany that went along with it. You know, kind of like the people now that are willing to vote for bigoted Republicans as long as the price of gasoline comes down. They don't give a damn that other people are being hunted as long as the prices for them go down. Look, if that's the way you feel, then yeah, you are a damn Nazi. Maybe not an active participant, but that's exactly what a lot of alleged good Nazis did. They placed their own economic well-being above anything else. And the fact mass murder was going along did not matter as long as the price for goods came down. As long as inflation was cut. It was that type of moral bankruptcy. Okay? So, and that's from the Associated Press. Okay? Now, let's look a little more here. Axios printed an article just recently, uh, well, July, okay, and this was written by Jonathan Swan, and it's a radical plan for, God forbid, Trump's second term. And this is talking about how Donald Trump and his his, his uh, lieutenants have this plan to basic, basically fire a lot of career um, civil servants and stock these agencies with Trump loyalists, <laughs> which is not only wrong, but could present a serious national security risk. And I'll go into that in a minute. So right now, there is this thing called Schedule F, OK? 
okay? And it's an executive order. And this was developed uh, in secret um, over, like, the second half of Trump's term. And it was implemented 13 days before the 2020 election. Okay? Uh, And this is as documented, again, by Axios. Now, the idea, these aren't like the top people. These are the mid-level staff jobs. So when you look at a lot of government agencies, you need to understand who are the actual experts. You know, when, you know, for instance, even during a Democratic administration, like Barack Obama put a moron like Arne Duncan in charge of the Department of Education, even though he knows nothing about education. Okay? He ran some charter schools, and again, knows nothing about education. Typically, the people that are that are charged to lead these these agencies are political appointees. They are not necessarily experts. And even the top people in the agency, they play the, the, the political game. It's that middle level of people in a, in a federal agency. Those are the real experts. So whether it is, say, um, Oh, DOD, Department of Defense. <clears throat> These might be the people that are the nuclear scientists, for instance. Okay, or maybe it is, or, or the intelligence experts. You know, maybe it's Health and Human Services. These are the medical researchers connected to the National Institute of Health. They are the real experts. They do the hard work of the agencies and make the agencies work. Now. How would this be replacing these people with Trump loyalists? How would this be a national security risk? Well, we're still fighting this battle where Trump took a bunch of top secret documents. And you can argue whether he had a right or didn't. Newsflash, he didn't. But there is no way that Donald Trump or Mark Meadows or Steve Banner and these people knew exactly what type of information they needed to take. They had to have had a lot of help. That means they had to have had help from those mid-level people in the agencies. In other words, those scientists, those intelligence experts, people that actually knew what would be valuable to take. And if you, there's always going to be some loyalist, whatever. But if you stock that middling, if you replace these experts with alleged experts, but they're still Trump, they're loyalists to Trump. In essence, they are traitors. You're going to have more of these same security breaches, put bluntly. You just are. Again, there is no way Donald Trump or Mark Meadows or Steve Bannon or Ivanka or any, or Steve, any of them could have known what to take in terms of national security. They had to have had help from middling-level experts, and a lot of it, to know what to take. And this is a major problem. I never thought a leftist like myself would ever, would ever agree with someone like Mark Mattis uh, and other DOD top figures. But they did their duty, and they said, no, the president can't do this. It's national security. And even if the government gets back every document that Trump took, what you know, so 
what assurance do they have that Trump and his people didn't make multiple copies? Of course they did. If you're going to take documents like that and you, and you look at his intent, why would he take that? Why would he risk criminal prosecution? Because there are enemies that would pay a lot of money for access to our secrets. Called high treason. And by the way, the Presidential Records Act is crystal clear on where these records belong. Whether they've been classified or declassified is irrelevant. As I've said before, it doesn't matter if Barack Obama wrote on a post-it, Michelle looks hot today. Guess what? That post-it does not belong to Barack. It belongs to the archives. Period. Presidential Records Act, crystal clear on that one. As for Trump's claim that he declassified things, maybe he did, maybe he didn't. First of all, in order to declassify something, you can't just think it. There has to be an actual written record that was posted in a timely fashion and recorded. That's it. And there is one category of records that no president can unilaterally, in other words, by themselves, declassify, and that has anything to do with nuclear. And he had some of that, too. You know, once again, this is the nonsense we're dealing with. And I've run out of patience. I don't understand. You know, I'm afraid that there's going to be a lot of millennials and Gen Zers that are, frankly, too lazy to get out to vote. Or if they're progressives, they're going to whine and say, we don't really like the Dems. This isn't about your choice. This is about voting against Republicans to try and save what little shred of democracy we have left. Grow up, kiddos. I didn't want Joe Biden either. I wanted Bernie. But I voted for Biden because Trump had to go. Period. End of story. The time to, you know, push that third party, to push those alternatives is in the primary. That's where you fight it out. And if you lose, then you vote against the Republicans. And if you throw away your vote the way our system is set up on third party, you're asking to put a Nazi in charge. That's it. And this particular Schedule F nonsense, yeah, this would basically replace honest exec, uh, honest professionals with brain-dead Trump loyalist. Trump signed the executive order in October of 2020, and what it does is, as I said before, it creates a new employment category for federal employees. Um, you know, once again, a lot of these people would be reassigned, and upon reassignment, they would basically lose employment protections as a civil servant. Uh, you know, you can't, these are type jobs where you need these professionals. And if they have to worry that they have to kowtow to any politician, they can't give you an honest assessment. And when it comes to things in the military, when it comes to things in science and in medicine and in the economy, we need honest assessment, honest reports. So there are always political appointees, some like 4,000. But they're not really the experts. In theory, Trump could fire tens of thousands of these career government officials, and these people would have no right of appeal. Okay? 
Now, Joe Biden ended it. You know, he rescinded this, but, you know, it can come back to haunt us. So this is what we're dealing with, folks. Now, I have another piece here, and this is from one of my favorite writers, actually. He's brilliant. Henry Giroux. Henry is a, not only an intellectual, but he is a teacher's teacher. You know, uh, he has really, he's written extensively on um, the ideas of, um, uh, oh, man, my brain is dead today. I'm sorry, folks. He's spoken about education as not only a right, you know, when there is nothing more political, politically volatile than education, okay? It's supposed to make you think. That's why you see Republicans wanting to censor teachers, wanting to limit uh, curriculums to, you know, leave it to Beaverville, okay? I mean, I tutor online, and especially if I'm working on history, these kids don't really know the truth about history because they're not being allowed to be told it. So Giroux points about how fascism is on the rise. And it is. And, you know, fascism is not only government by corporate demands, but it's also linked to Adolf Hitler. And the reason it's linked to that is because Hitler couldn't have risen like he did had it not been with help from multiple corporations, you know, including some American corporations. You know, after World War II was underway, after the United States had entered World War II on the side of the Allies against Hitler, the Ford Motor Company was still supplying uh, parts to, to the Nazis, truck parts, things like that. You know, that treason on Henry Ford's part it's not hardly covered um, bare aspirin didn't always make aspirin they were an arms manufacturer Krupp's, you know, the coffee maker didn't always make coffee makers they were an arms manufacturer IBM IBM helped create the machines that kept track of the death machines the death camps how many people were murdered Again, we don't talk about it, but we need to. You know, and we still have this historic revisionism here in my hometown of St. Louis. Um, they just built a larger Holocaust museum. And Republican U.S. Rep. Ann Wagner well, was a featured speaker. Now, first of all, she's not Jewish. Okay? And she should not have been a featured speaker. That was a slap in the face to anyone who lost family in the Holocaust. Okay, you can't be part of the GOP nowadays and get an honored space there. It was a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. Since she gets to tout herself as she's not anti-Semitic, she's not racist, like hell. Again, this is a very off-the-cuff talk today. Uh, largely because I'm tired. I've hit my limit. 
we can present the facts till from now to, as they say in the Midwest, to the cows come home. But I'm just going to put it out there. There are not enough comfortable white liberals and white Democrats that are willing to go out on a limb and be good white allies for communities of color. They're not comfortable being good white allies for religious minorities, including Sikhs, Jews, and Muslims. They're not, comf- they're, not, they're not brave enough to be good white allies or good allies for the LGBTQ community because, you know, they're tired. They don't want to watch the news. It's, it's upsetting. Gee whiz. Every time I hear, especially white women say that, I feel like saying, Biatch, you're upset? How do you think it makes us feel? I have a few acquaintances that do that, and I just want to scream. You don't fix a problem by running away from it and pretending it's not there. But these are people that because they look white enough, okay, they don't look ethnic. They look like the traditional white Anglo-Saxon, Protestant, or Catholic. If they're a different religion, they keep their mouth shut. Or if they're gay and they keep their mouth shut, they can pass. And so that's what they're doing. You know, it's the old saying, they, they go along to get along. Now, the problem with that is you're actually enabling these Nazis, which means that you're just as guilty in some ways. Uh, you know, I, I've hit my limit you know, none of you, I think people have pretty much made their mind. It's just whether or not enough people show up at the, at the uh, polls, especially young people. From millennials and Gen Zers, you need to, you guys, I, I, I hate to sound like I am stereotyping you because that's not fair. But it seems like you guys will vote for every little fart on TikTok to get you to go to the damn polls. And vote is like pulling teeth. You're not going to get the politicians you want until you show up on maps. And you won't get everything you want at first. You've got to actually enter the fight. And it doesn't just mean running in the streets and screaming at people. You've got to show up to vote. You've got to show up at town halls and demand answers to your questions. And then you've got to show up to vote again. What they look at is the numbers. We've talked about how the Republicans want to steal your Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. The evidence is there. Senator Scott's a liar. We've proven it. The evidence is right there. Donald Trump was caught with national secrets tossed in an unguarded room. The evidence is there. And it seems like all some of you care about is whether or not the price of gasoline and and your favorite pastry goes down. As Americans, far too many of you, the Republicans are a disgrace. I'll just say it. They're a damn disgrace. that simple 
So again, this is off the cuff today because I've just hit my limit. I don't care if it's Kanye West, okay? He's mentally ill, I'm sure, or at least he appears to be. But bigotry is not a sign of mental illness, okay? I think Ye comes by his bigotry honestly. I just do. You know, I also think he says these things just to get attention. All right, because, you know, his career is floundering and, uh, you know, his clothes are ugly. What can I say? I don't know many women that would wear that crap. Um, And, again, this is off the cuff, but tired of this. You know, I, I don't know what it takes to reach these people. New migrants are not taking your jobs. The statistics bear otherwise. They're taking the jobs that pay less than minimum wage that you guys don't want. Okay? New migrants aren't the cause of industries leaving the United States for China. Can policies cause that, especially tax breaks that gave them incentive dating back to the Reagan administration? Okay? The gay and trans community is not out to convert you. Grow up. People don't choose to be gay or trans. They just are. And their being gay or trans does nothing to you. Um, I myself have been threatened. All right? I do not want to convert to Christianity. I just don't. And as a Jew, what a lot of Christians don't understand is that the concept of a Messiah. In Christianity, a Messiah, in other words, Jesus, is a deity figure. Okay? Son of God, God himself. Every different group of Christianity, it's rather confusing, okay? But that's basically what you guys do with it. In Judaism, we don't do that. The Messiah is just a regular person, not a deity figure. They could be a prophet or a great teacher, but they're just an ordinary person. Because Judaism, like Islam, is strict monotheism. You know, I've seen Christians claim that, quote, the Jews, you know, they they worship Jesus. No, we don't. Okay? We can respect what Jesus stood for. I have no problem with Jesus' teachings. Why would I? They come straight from Judaism. You know, I view Jesus as a prophet, but not a deity. And, you know, once again, this has been, and in another program, I'll talk about a candidate that actually, you know, slandered me on a text. I won't do it today. Um, again, all this is a smokescreen. Because Trump and his buddies stand for corporate power. Corporate power and organized crime. Okay, there's enough evidence that we've done shows several months ago about Trump's connections, not only to the Russian mafia, but to other forms of organized crime as well. He's a front man, nothing more. You know, but we also have to hold, you know, other public uh, people responsible too. You know, we've seen the rise of celebrity candidates 
that have never had to prove themselves. And this needs to stop. Okay? I mean, Donald Trump was on reality TV, which has nothing to do with reality. Okay? Mark Burnett should rot in hell for elevating Trump to that public level. Because it was Mark Burnett's stupid program, The Apprentice, that led to this monster getting into the Oval Office. Make no mistake about it. But then on the liberal side, you have someone like Oprah Winfrey. You know, she finally came out and supported John Fetterman against Dr. Oz. But it was Oprah that elevated Dr. Oz, who has always been a quack. And I'm glad she came out for Fetterman, but why'd she wait so long? She should have she should have denounced Oz at the very beginning. You know, now we see Barack Obama, you know, also stumping for Fetterman. Great. Why'd he wait so long? This isn't good enough. See, these people will go back to their mansions. Meanwhile, we're still suffering. Put bluntly. It's what it is. You know, it's, there's, there's no nice way to put it. You know, we've had people like George Clooney who talk about running for office. And I like Clooney's politics. Make no mistake about it. You know, I, I like when he and his dad traveled to Africa and, 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 you know, showed how these people were suffering. Don't get me wrong. Love it. But he's never held public office before. My point is this. If you're a celebrity and you want to run for high public office, you should have to run for a lower office first, just like the rest of us slobs, and prove yourself. Prove that you can actually do a good job, other than garner attention. And voters, newsflash, all you have to do in the era of online information is click, click, and check someone's voting record as an elected official. Stop being so damn lazy. You know, the Democratic Party, they're complaining about, you know, billionaires buying all these commercial ads. And it's true. But those commercial ads wouldn't work if, one, mainstream corporate media did their damn job and asked politicians on both sides of the aisle the tough questions and didn't let them get away with nonsense answers, and, two, if the population would actually check voting records and demand answers. You get these crappy, these crappy commercials bought by billionaires because as a people, as Americans, we are intellectually lazy. You get the kind of government you deserve. And frankly, if you're too damn lazy to look up somebody's record in office, maybe you deserve to be abused. I don't know. I truly don't know. But that's the way the truth gets out. Billionaires couldn't buy the election if we had media that really pushed, and yeah, billionaires couldn't buy the election if these logarithms online stopped favoring certain corporate entities. Okay? Not just HuffPost, but I used to publish not only on Huffington Post, but on Reader, um, uh, oh God, Op-Ed News and several others, and my articles used to just get hits all over the place. That's before... You know, Google and all of them changed their logarithm, which basically raised idiotic banter above anything that has facts and some intellectual prowess. 
And, you know, that's because, uh, you know, we lost this um, concept of online, uh, oh, God, what was it called? Uh, excuse me. This is a concept that basically everything online really should be equal. Net neutrality, that's what it was. When we lost net neutrality, the logarithm favored corporate. And that was it. And that needs to stop. The Internet was developed on the public dime. We own it. Not Facebook, not Google, not Twitter. And so ever since we lost net neutrality, as well as at an earlier age, we lost the uh, fairness doctrine. Reagan got rid of that, which allowed the other side to rebut on news, news programs. So we get, you know, moronic tweets from people like Elon Musk. You know, Musk was, he claimed he was joking later, but he made this crack about how the brutal attack on Paul Pelosi was just, you know, not real. It was Antifa or something like that. You know, the fact is this. You have free speech rights. It's true. But free speech means that the government can't censor you. But free speech also comes with responsibility. So when you slander, libel, or defame somebody, yeah, it should be pulled. But see, we have a culture of celebrity here that elevates what is not just inferior, that elevates what is corrupt, that elevates what is bigoted, as long as you're a celebrity, above the truth, above doing the hard work of digging through the docks you know, like Izzy Stone used to do, you know, mainstream media. And again, I'm going off the cuff here. You know, we hear a lot of mainstream media, corporate media claim that they can't ask too many tough questions of politicians because, you know, they'll cut off access. Yeah, so newsflash, um, a 24-hour news cycle is kind of stupid unless something really pops because you can't crank out effective and truthful that fast. And, you know, I.F. Stone, or Izzy as he was known, knew that, you know, first of all, governments lie and politicians lie, either side. And, you know, it's good if you get a quote. It gives, you know, a little, it gives you a little more visibility. But the fact is most politicians give you garbage answers anyway. The real story is in doing the hard work of digging through the docs, through the documents. And you don't need access to the politician in order to do that. You just need the brains and the will and the guts to do it. And I'm proud of the fact that here at Progressive News Network and the Environmental Justice Report, as well as my writing on Buzzflash, Op-Ed News, Eurasia Review, um, Nation of Change, I'm proud of the fact that in all of that, I have always done the hard work of digging through the documents. Period. I don't do false equivalencies. That's nonsense. Is there a bias? Well, yeah. What do you think a muckraker is? You can't expose what is dirty and corrupt if you're not going to call it out as dirty and corrupt. We use your documentation to base those judgments, you know, to base, on which to base those judgments. That's all. And, we, and I've always done that. 
We've done that on this show. So you don't really need access to the politician. And I've, I've interviewed a politicians. You know, it's yeah, an exercise in futility. They rarely say anything that's that important. And frankly, a lot of them aren't that bright. That's my opinion. Again, the hard work is digging through the documents. That's it. And we are at this juncture now where our democracy is in dire jeopardy because we have a population that has been anesthetized to bigotry and violence and a population that's intellectually lazy. You know, they don't like to read. Well, you know, I do all the different ones. And I'm going to tell you right now that I prefer reading the news than hearing it because when you read it, you get more information. Okay. And the fact remains that fast news usually isn't accurate. And it definitely isn't inclusive enough and in enough depth to get, to do justice to the story. It just isn't. And so this is why we're in this position now. This is why um, a criminal like Donald Trump can rise. Nobody checked him. You know, people believe that he's this experienced businessman. Really? How many bankruptcies has he had? And the bankruptcies were in large part because he didn't want to pay people? Seriously. Even the show The Apprentice, if you actually went onto the set, the furniture and everything was junk. It was falling apart. They just put a facade together. They created an image that just didn't reflect the truth at all. It's time to hold people responsible, accountable. And you can't do that without transparency. And, you know, last week I saw Martha Raddatz filling in for George Stephanopoulos, and she asked Senator Rick Scott about, you know, the plans for Social Security and Medicare. And he sat there and he echoed the same crap that comes out of Marjorie Taylor Greene's foul mouth. And she sat there and she gave that serious look like, "Uh uh-huh, and never once challenged him, never once questioned him. Not once. And I had the documentation in front of me on my laptop as I was watching this alleged interview. She just let Rick Scott on air stand there and lie Tell one lie after another. Period. That's what it's devolved to. And I know it sounds like I'm ranting today, and I am because I'm so incredibly frustrated. What the F? See, you thought I was going to say the F-bomb. You thought I was going to say fuck. Oops. All right, I said it. I'm playing. So what the fuck is it going to take? To wake up the American people to what's happening. You are being robbed. You are being robbed blind. And then they yell squirrel. And they blame somebody else based on whatever bigotry du jour is in that particular state or community. So you don't notice you're being robbed blind. They don't have to worry about whether or not you're a decent person. Because frankly, if you hold such bigotries, you are morally bankrupt in my opinion. 
this is what's happening. And, and, and we've allowed this to occur. I remember when Trump was running against Hillary and during the debates, and he's creeping up behind her like some sort of demented moron, and nobody called him out? Or when he kept interrupting, they should have cut his mic. Fair's fair. Or during the time when he was debating Joe Biden, Trump knew he had COVID. And he was trying to infect other people. Again, this is, there is no false, there's no equivalency here. So the corporate media needs to stop these damn false equivalencies because a false equivalency is a lie. It may be a lie of omission or a partial lie, but it's still a lie. Hypocrisy is a lie. When your actions do not actually reflect your words, when your actions belie your words, yeah, that's hypocrisy. You're lying. That's it. This is what we're dealing with now, and, and I'm so frustrated it's beyond belief. And so if you want to read this article by Henry Giroux, please do. Um, brilliant, brilliant academic. Um, you know, once again, you know, he says, quote, fascism in the United States is no longer a spiraling improbability, end quote. Now, I'm glad that a lot of white Christian academics have discovered this. But it's something that those of us that are ethnic or in communities of color, religious minorities that also happen to look a bit ethnic, we've always known this. Okay? You know, there are parts of Missouri that, because I look somewhat ethnic, depending on how I wear my hair in particular, if I wear it au natural, that, no, it's not safe for me to go. And I'm not talking about the hood. I'm talking about the white rural areas where somebody who it looks a little too ethnic, it's not safe, it's not good for their health to go there. Okay? This is what we We know that. So I'm glad that white academics have discovered it. Bravo. You finally discovered what some of us had to live with our whole lives. Okay? The question is, do you have the courage and the moral fortitude to stand with us as strong allies or are you going to just use your white Christian privilege and remain silent that's it that's what we're talking about you know you've got Blake Masters again another neo-Nazi Doug Mastriano Carrie Lake what does it take seriously I'm not a person that believes in physical violence, okay? I don't own a gun. Uh, it's my choice. And that's largely because I'm blind as a bat, and I'm afraid that if I had to defend myself with a gun, I'm afraid I'd wind up hitting an innocent. It's my choice. However, I would urge a lot of white allies, as well as every member of communities of color, Religious minorities, the LGBTQ community, uppity women, all of us. We also need to embrace the Second Amendment because right now, 
as it stands with these these white Christian nationalists, they do mean to be violent. And they, you're dealing with very childish psychologies on their part. And the only thing that will stop them is a very clear understanding that we won't start the war, but we will finish it. They can shoot first, and then we will return fire, and we won't miss. And hopefully it won't have to come to that. You can't talk your way out of this. These are people that have been taught hate, and we have a right to self-defense is what I'm saying. They hate the idea that people of color, non-Christians, women, gays and trans people, that we have the gall to want to be seen as having equal rights under the law. It enrages them. And when you deal with people, you're not dealing, when you're talking about white bigots like that, you're not dealing with rational people. Okay? You're just not. And so, yes, the only thing that will stop them is the knowledge that, prove them right, that the left is willing to arm themselves. We won't start it, but if we have to, we will defend ourselves physically. That's it. That's what we're dealing with here, folks. Okay? So, again... I have been meandering a lot today. I'm just totally disgusted. I, I I don't have any faith in, you know, white Christians anymore. I really don't. Um, you know, or you'll hear them say, well, I voted for Democrats, and if that's it, that's all I can do. So, you know, that's basically morally the equivalent of saying that if you see um, a Nazi pounding on a little lady and beating her to death, you just walk by and go, "There's not, I voted, there's nothing more I can do. They're having their Pontius Pilate moment where they're washing their hands of it. You know, Dr. King was right. I can see why he was irritated with what he called white liberals. I, I understand it. Um, I hope I'm proven wrong. We'll find out on Tuesday. Uh, the bigots out there need to understand that there are people like us, like me, that will never surrender. Okay, I believe in equal rights before the law. I also believe you should tell the truth. And I'm tired of seeing people of color, religious minorities, the LGBTQ community, feminists, and so on. I'm tired of seeing all of us being routinely slandered, libeled, and defamed. Um, you know, just calling them out is enough. We need to start suing people a lot. Because, again, you're dealing when you're talking about the far right, you're dealing with people that largely that are psychologically very immature, and the only thing they understand is a clear consequence. That's it. Um, you know, and those of us that are their targets we can't afford to wait. You know, as Dr. King said, if not now, then when? So that's our show for today. I did ramble. We will be back on target next week. Um, you know, to 
my brothers and sisters in communities of color, to my brothers and sisters, not only my Jewish um, community, but also my brothers and sisters, uh, my, my Islamic brothers and sisters, my Sikh brothers and sisters, atheist, agnostic, all of them, to fellow feminists, I am proudly a feminist, to the LGBTQ community, all of us together. We have to stick together, and we have to realize that an injustice against one is an injustice against all. And we can't let these horrible Nazis win. God help us. Good night, folks.